welcome to series four, episode three, training an epilepsy dog. So you've acquired an epilepsy dog, you've decided you want an epilepsy dog, and now you have to train the epilepsy dog. Boy, did you let yourself in for it. I thought having children was difficult until I got a Labrador, which is consistently jumping up and down, very rarely pays any attention to what I say, and I can't bribe them with ice cream. I'm training Magnus Elmore for a few hours every day, and then we have a professional trainer who specialises in working with people with epilepsy and PTSD, amongst other things. I should probably point out here that we got the dog through the trainer, not the trainer through the dog. It took me forever to try and find a trainer who was prepared to train a dog for an epilepsy alert dog. Eventually, when we found a trainer... She then had to introduce us to a breeder. To all of those of you out there who think you can go and get a rescue dog or any other dog and just train them up as an epilepsy alert dog, that is not the case. The dog we have has three or four generations of guide dog in them and they are very, very carefully vetted before they have puppies. As calculated as this may sound, in a 101 Dalmatian kind of way, it is actually necessary in training an epilepsy alert dog, because otherwise you have next to no chance whatsoever of the dog reaching the standards that you need. The reason I mention this is because there are so many people going and buying random dogs with no clue about their ability and trying to train them up as serious dogs and then wondering why it's challenging to train a husky or a collie, as delightful as they are, obviously. Hence, in an effort to save you from ending up in a slightly peculiar situation or ending up with something very, very odd. I am imparting my knowledge to know that Magnus came from a very, very long line of guide dogs with training. And he has, would you believe it or not, a certificate which goes back about four generations, which makes him sound like an absolute superhero. His father is a dog called Finn, which apparently is a superstar gene. And his mother belonged to the breeder herself. And she came with confidence and an epic health score, which then, of course, the breeder did the nurturing of the puppy culture, the protocol and the icing on the already delicious cake was there and ready For Magnus Elmore, who I might add is being called more and more often Biscuit. I've never been a great believer in YouTube myself. I, of course, have two teenage sons who will swear by it, live by it and rule their life by it, which is probably another one of the reasons why I 
do completely the opposite. However, the internet has proven very useful when it comes to training the puppy. Teaching Magnus Elmore simple tricks like how to decide which hand a treat is in, to lie down or stay whilst I put a treat on a park bench. I've got all of these from various videos on YouTube. The most hysterical thing now is that he won't walk past the bench without assuming there is a treat on it for him. And when he had kennel cough and we couldn't go into the park at all, there was a huge amount of yapping and then lying down in protestation because he wanted to go into the park, which I can only imagine was not to go and see his friends, but also just to go and collect an added treat from the park bench. The trainer has been amazing with tips on things like socialisation. Yep, I didn't even know what socialisation was until about six months ago. And then I was told to make sure that the puppy, which is now going to be an epilepsy alert dog, should be getting social interaction with other people and dogs for at least an hour of every day. My idea of this was taking it to co-op, walking it around co-op whilst listening to Wham, and then having lots of other people pet it. This now, of course, has resulted in Magnus Elmore being the most flirtatious dog you have ever met. And every single time somebody comes up to him, not only does he get all excited and start jumping up and down, he actually does a little show for them which includes jumping up and down and barking voraciously. Other things for socialisation which were really important were walking up and down the road, walking past buses, making sure that Magnus Elmore was on the pavement so he could look at the rubbish vans, collecting the rubbish and all the noise that went along with that. He is also not phased by loud sirens like ambulances or police cars. And the sound of a coffee grinder sends him to sleep rather than wakes him up. On fireworks night, we try to keep him inside because we didn't want him to be bothered by the constant bangs. He really didn't seem that bothered at all. To be fair, the only thing that really bothers Magnus Elmore is if you accidentally forget to feed him and then eat an apple in front of him and don't share it with him. With two Maine Coons, one puppy, two teenagers, a married couple, we are definitely not the quietest family in the area. But again, Magnus Elmore seems to really enjoy this. And every single time we come down into the kitchen in the morning, the first thing he does is jump all over us. Though I dare say that has something to do with the fact that he either wants to go for a pee or wants us to feed him. In the early days, I found giving him treats to get him to walk was very, very useful. Then more recently, I took him to the vet. The vet then took one look at his stomach and more importantly his rib cage and then made a comment that perhaps we were feeding him a little too much. 
Tim and I measured the food when we got back for his height, his weight and his age. And we were actually giving him exactly the right amount of food. The only thing is with Magnus Elmore is he is quite possibly the laziest Labrador you've ever come across. And in order to make him walk anywhere is really quite a feat. I have, however, stopped giving him treats in order to make him walk. In this respect, I agree wholeheartedly with Tim, who is much stricter than I am and refuses to give Magnus Elmore any kind of treats if he's only walking to the end of the road. It is still our ambition to get Magnus Elmore passed as an assistance dog. So in order to do that, he's going to have to get through lots of different exercises and none of that can be done through bribery. Bribery of the dog, I might add, not the person doing the assistance dog training. He's doing well in learning how to access public spaces, events, services, and each day he's getting slightly better. As far as looking out for my seizures, there are certainly clues that perhaps he is slowly getting used to what he's supposed to. He won't let me walk out on certain days, but that could just be the fact that he's being very, very lazy. I have absolutely no idea and only time will tell. I will continue with doing exercises with him at home. We've had our lively Labrador since he was nine weeks old. And right now, the only thing you can do to stop him from running away is blowing the whistle. Do that anywhere and he will literally come bounding towards you. I have to record this in a different room because otherwise he'll try and headbutt the door in order to get here because he heard the whistle. Arrange food all around the floor. No matter what he is doing, he has almost perfect recall and will come bounding back to you within seconds. The key to training any assistance dog, including an epilepsy alert dog, is repetition, repetition, repetition. In that sense, they are no different to small children. The only thing is, is that you get licked a lot more. And uh, in the early days, be prepared for the fact that whilst they are teething, you are likely to be left bleeding. No chew, no matter how expensive, is as delicious as the hand that feeds you. A crate will be your best friend. We didn't put the crate in the bedroom with us, only in the first few days when Magnus Elmore was taken away from his mother when he was nine weeks old. But generally speaking, we have a crate in the kitchen, which I think is the best way of doing it. The crate is there when Magnus Elmore gets a little bit overexcited and also, more importantly, somewhere for Magnus Elmore to go in order for him to get his rest. So he goes to bed at around 10pm and if we're lucky, he will get up at around 7am. If we're really lucky, he'll get up at 7.30 and he's usually out the door by 8am before my morning coffee, I might add. 
I'm only here to give you a couple of tips. Believe me, I am still learning. If I can work out why he keeps barking every single time we sit down to eat, I would let you know. I've tried giving him a bone, like the trainer said. The only problem is giving him a bone. Being a Labrador, he gets through the bone in about three seconds flat, which means then he's even more hungry than he was before. And then he's barking even louder than he was before. Not ideal. He was potty trained relatively quickly, so that went well with relatively few hiccups, obviously several hiccups all over our carpet, exactly where you didn't want him to pee, but once he got the hang of it, he now just barks to let you know that he wants to go outside, and then generally speaking, he will eat and then go outside to have a pee afterwards. Like I said, the things that I thought would cause a lot of problems are not the things which necessarily have caused the problems and the things which I thought wouldn't cause the problems have turned out to be the things which are literally doing my head in, like the barking all through dinner. Ooh, and get ready for the hair. You have never seen so much hair in your entire life. I thought the Maine Coons had a lot of hair. Willow Lettuce and Shadow, nothing, absolutely nothing in comparison to an American Labrador, which seems to shed 24-7. These are, however, just practicalities. And at the end of the day, the fact that he gets so excitable is exactly the reason why you want him around as an epilepsy alert dog when you're particularly low and you've had lots and lots of seizures. If you can think of any other tips as to how to raise your epilepsy alert dog, then by all means, you can reach me on my Instagram account or even here. Just email me and let me know. I will be more than happy to share any tips that you've got. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and I will see you same time next week. Bye.